Welcome to the Wed Pro Podcast, the show for wedding professionals and business owners. Each month, we bring you top industry experts, business chat, and hints and tips to grow your business. I'm Katie. And I'm Roxy. Welcome to the Wed Pro Podcast. excited about so firstly happy new year I hope that you are all doing well that you've had a fantastic Christmas and you've eaten a lot of food because um (laughs) that's what we need to do at Christmas so today I'm joined by the amazing Deb Morgan um who is a real relationship expert and I think this is a really great topic to be kicking off the um new year with so welcome to our podcast it's great to have you here Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Cool. So tell tell us all a little bit more about what you do, why you do it, how it started. Tell, tell me it all. I want to know. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. How long have we got? Um, <laughs> well, as you might have guessed, I'm a relationships coach, but I don't just work with couples whose relationships are in difficulties. Now, relationships, they're transient things. They, they go up and down. And we can have the best relationship in the world one minute. And then a couple of weeks later, I think, what on earth am I doing with this person? Why have I married them? You know, why am I here? I have it myself with my partner. There are times I've looked and thought, will you please stop breathing? <laughs> because he breathes too loudly and it's annoying. We all have those niggles. Yeah. And it's really important to recognize that there's no such thing as a perfect relationship. You know, every person's idea of a perfect relationship is completely different. So you might look at somebody else and think they have the perfect relationship, but it's about asking yourself what is perfect about that. And I help my clients to achieve their version of perfect. I also help them to get the confidence to make the decisions that are right for them in their relationships. So when clients work with me, the first thing I say to them is, look, I'm not going to promise you that you're going to stay in the relationship you're currently in. You know, if it's about getting it stronger and that's what you want, that's likely that's what's going to happen. But if you're looking for somebody to give you permission to say it's okay to walk away, then that might be what happens as well. And I have about a 50-50 split with my clients. 50% of them stay in the relationships they're in, 50% of them find the confidence and the courage to walk away. So you know, that's kind of what I do. And it, must, it sounds a bit weird having somebody like me on a, a wedding podcast. <laughs> but, you know, let's focus on building the relationships underneath that, you know, whether you're the business owner or whether you're a client of your listeners, because it's really important to get the groundworks in place. But we'll get onto that a little later. Let me tell you why I do what I do. And I'm so passionate about it. I've got a personal background of abusive relationships. My first marriage, I was beaten up for the first time on my wedding night, which was a bit of a shock, to say the least. And that that marriage was physically and sexually abusive. I left that marriage, went into my second marriage and married my kickboxing instructor. And the irony that I married a kickboxing instructor after being beaten up in my first marriage is not lost on me. But that turned out to be psychologically abusive, very, very controlling, very damaging, actually. 
when I left that relationship, I didn't know it. I was entering a 10 year legal battle to be identified and recognized as my son's primary carer because part of the abuse was that he was trying to make out I was an unfit mother and all of those things and took my son from me. So I had a lot of that stuff going on. That led me to a really, really dark place. I tried to take my own life and I ended up working as an escort in the sex industry. But believe it or not, that's what saved my life. And working within that industry, I started to be inquisitive. Why do people treat people the way they do in relationships? 97% of my clients were married men. And when I asked them why they were using my services, they would tell me they were really happily married. I said, well, that doesn't make sense. Why are you using the services of the sex industry? So I got really interested in digging deep. And I always say I must have been the world's worst escort because I just asked so many questions of all my clients. So that was, I, I learned a lot from that. And that really then made me think there's more to this. You know, why was I treated the way I was in relationships by men who said they loved me? Why was I treated better when I was an escort by men who didn't know me from Adam and actually didn't owe me that? You know, yeah. they paid for my services. And why were these men buying the services of the sex industry and yet proclaiming to love their wives? So that led me to study, start studying psychology a couple of years later. And I ended up doing a psychology degree on the Open University. But I also, as I came out of that industry, I had a classic pretty woman moment where I fell in love with one of the clients. He was a very wealthy man. I didn't need to work. And... I entered into a relationship with him. It sounds idyllic. I had an allowance every month, but I had to account for every single penny I was spending. I could spend it on anything I wanted to. It really didn't matter what I spent on and he didn't mind as long as I could account for every single penny. And when I knew very early on that I was in a very suffocating relationship and it wasn't the right thing for me, I couldn't get out because I'd not been able to squirrel any money away to look after myself. So... I'd been through the gamut of abusive relationships and it was coming out of that relationship, finding the perfect relationship for me where I finally learned what it was to be loved unconditionally. But that gave me the freedom then to start exploring these questions I'd been asking. That gave me the freedom to go and study for a degree. It gave me the freedom to start looking at other areas and saying, okay, what, what goes on in other relationships? I've been through some of the worst types of relationships. I've met people proclaiming to love their partners, yet using the services of the sex industry. You know, and I'm now under, I'm not understanding why that is. So actually, if we start taking all of this learning that I've been through and put it into helping people to create stronger, healthier, more robust relationships, maybe more people stand a chance of getting out the other end. So that's really what brought me to where I am now. And I started as a generic life coach, I trained as a coach, started as a generic life coach, and then recognized that most of the people coming to speak to me were people going through difficulties in their relationship. And it made sense then to really hone that down and go back to what had sort of attracted me to this arena in the first place. I'm just astounded. I'm like, you, you... <laughs> girl are incredible honestly <laughs> been through all of that and to come out the other side is, is amazing and there's you know you're just amazing I literally the first day I met you so we met you um at expert empires didn't mm -hmm. we were um so that's kind of like a, a wedcon for all kind of different businesses so it's 
it's a business training day and the first day I met you and I heard your story I was like oh my gosh like you are incredible and <laughs> what drew me towards kind of wanting you to come on the podcast today was um you know we all go through like ups and downs with relationships and things like that and it, I just kind of thought you know how difficult is it to run your own business actually and to keep your relationship alive and on fire and you know in the right direction I was like yes we need to get you on here but you are amazing so <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> I was just drawn to your like energy you're so you are so amazing so yeah today this is the this is the subject that we are going to be covering guys it's kind of how to navigate like loving your business and loving your partner and having them both be successful because like having your own business so for me I am um, I am self-employed and my business kind of runs lovely with Katie but my husband is employed he has a full-time job and I'm glad and I'm grateful that I have got Katie because we can kind of lean on each other with like businessy things but lots of other um, business owners in our industry maybe doing it alone and may, maybe feel kind of that you know you can't talk to your partner about your business or they don't understand it or whatever it it, it kind of may be so I'm really really glad that we're able to have you here today I don't even know where to start kind of with with this subject <laughs> because it's just it's quite a broad subject isn't it really absolutely absolutely so I think the first thing to kind of talk about is how do you kind of navigate and this is kind of a personal question for me I suppose how do you navigate that kind of gap of me being self-employed and then the husband working and being employed I find it difficult to get across to him sometimes that although I run my own business it's still as serious as him working full-time and being, mm. being employed Do you know what I mean <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's it's difficult as well because I'm not sure. Do you work from home? Yes, I do. Yes. You know, so working from home as well, they do have a tendency to think, oh, she's at home all day. She's sort of sitting down with her coffee, watching daytime TV. They think we might do an hour's work per day. And I've got a similar situation. My partner works. He actually works away from home, so he commutes every weekend. So I'm at home, very much left to run the home because he's not here, so he can't do it. And he's very appreciative of the work I do just to keep the household running. But at the same time, I have a partner. He loves the security of a regular paycheck. He absolutely can't understand why I love what I do and why some months, you know, you sit there and think, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't meet my overheads this month. Yeah. But then other months it's coming in and you think, yay, this is amazing. I'm going to expand. I'm going to take on office. I'm going to take on staff. Yeah. And he doesn't understand why I would choose to work in that way. And uh, when, you know, when any one of us, you know, we could go out and get a job if we chose to. But I think the first thing to do is to recognize we are all different and different things work for all of us. If your husband is really happy in an employed position, that's great. You know, I've given up trying to tell my my partner that he's got amazing skills and he could earn so much more money oh, self-employed. I was just about to say on that point my husband is so talented he can he's mm -hmm. an amazing carpenter he does DIY and actually he used to run his own business so when I first met him I helped him set up his his own 
um, landscaping and construction business. Mm-hmm. But I've learned that it takes a certain type of person to be self-employed, doesn't it? And he absolutely he he hasn't got that drive when things aren't going right. Like he can't be his own boss because he's not got that motivation. And I've actually forgot about that point. Like actually, he has been where I I am now. And as well, you know, my partner, he'll, he's got the drive and motivation, but he hates talking about himself. Mm-hmm. When I say to him, you're so talented at this, you're doing this, you're doing that, it's amazing. And he says, sometimes I hear you talking about me and I don't recognise the person you're talking about. Oh, and I said, why? You know, but equally, we all do it. You know, you said to me at the start of this interview, you're just amazing, your story, wow. And I get that a lot. And I sort of, it's taken me a long time to recognize that that's not normal. My story isn't a normal story. Because for a long time, I sat there and thought, well, what's so normal about it? I was just a woman trying to survive. You know, and that's it. I, I was just getting through the day. So it depends on our perspective, depends where we've come from. And I think it's important to recognize that our partners, you know, they may not want to achieve the goals that we have as couples generally in the same way as us. And it's important to recognize that as long as we have the same outcome, does it matter which route we take to get there? And I use this years ago, I had a different business. I had a team of staff and I've used it when I've had my own staff. I've used it when I've managed teams and employed positions. The important thing I think to recognize is It doesn't matter how you reach the end goal as long as you reach it. And as long as that is done without harming anyone, without injuring anyone, without causing offence to anyone, then actually let that team member, and in this case, that team member happens to be your husband, let that team member do it in their own way. Because when they are happy, when they don't feel that they are being pushed to do something they don't want to do, they will be far more productive and actually they'll leave you alone as well. They'll stop saying, well, you know, you haven't made any money this week or did, did that, did that meeting generate business? You know, that's a big one. Many partners come home with certainly my, my ex-husband. So I had a business with my second husband and he would say, I'd say, oh, I've had a really good day today. Well, how much money have you made? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know, but I'm building relationships. And a lot of that would generate business and money further down the line, but not immediately. And sometimes their expectation is that if you have a good meeting, I'm going good in inverted commas, if you come home and say, yeah, I've had a really good meeting today, they don't understand that it takes a number of touches to use marketing speak before you get the sale. And having that good meeting is just one of those touches. I mean, it can, and we, spoke about this on a previous couple of podcasts ago actually you take up to 10 times 10 exactly. sale. 10 10 yeah <laughs> yeah we still go back and we do it over and over again that's it and I know with my clients usually they need to have been in my sort of universe for about 18 months to two years because asking someone like me for help is really scary having to admit we're having problems yeah so I you know I, I rarely will close a sale on the first or second meeting. They've, they've been watching me and getting to know me for a number of years. So it's, it's about patience. And it's really easy for partners to get frustrated, particularly as well when they see us putting in so much time and effort 
and not getting the rewards for it. Sometimes, you know, you get the rewards instantly and others you don't. And that's one of my partner's biggest frustrations. You spend so much time and you put in so much effort. If people knew how much time and effort you put in, I say, yeah, but it doesn't matter because I enjoy doing that. You know, doing doing the behind the scenes stuff, so to speak, mm. is as exciting and interesting for me as doing the face-to-face stuff. And I'm sure you're the same. You know, you're in an industry that is every girl's dream. You know, you get to work with all of these wonderful products that people want on the most important day of their lives. They want the perfect day. Who wouldn't want to be involved in in that? You know, so it's about having those conversations with our partners and saying, yeah, I really appreciate that you know, you're frustrated on my behalf. And that's really nice to know because it shows me you recognize how much work I'm doing. And when you can perhaps phrase it that way, but also reiterate to them that this is what I love to do. It's what I enjoy doing and it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. I think it's just finding different ways to explain it because from their perspective, and let's face it, most men want to look after us. They want to fix the problem. They want to look after us. There's no getting away from it. That is just, you know, that's biology, ultimately. That's that's genes or DNA. And they just want to look after us. They want to make sure we're happy and looked after. And if they see us, you know, getting frustrated because things haven't gone the way we want them or see us burning the midnight oil, they want to come in and rescue us. And if they are in an employed position, their way of rescuing us is to say, well, look, you know, there's no shame in going for an employed position. Go and do it. Um, but, you know, it, you're right. It takes a special person to be self-employed, that's for sure. <laughs> We're all special. Spinning all those plates all the time. So I suppose one of the biggest kind of pain points that I feel, and, and I know others will be nodding along, is getting that kind of work-life balance when it comes to relationships. Like, oh my gosh, like how does... How do you make sure that you have got a successful relationship and a successful business? And just, yeah, like, how does that go? How does that happen? What are the things you need to do? One of the biggest things you need to do, very tight boundaries. Okay. And I've, I've got a coaching methodology I call the SIM methodology. It's something I created, which underpins all of my coaching programs. But before I put it into any of my coaching programs, it was tried and tested on my own life. And the first sort of the first three or the first keys of it are to be totally open and honest. So if you know you've got a busy period coming up, be absolutely honest. Darling, I'm not going to be around. You're going to have to sort your own dinner out. I've got this major deadline. It's really important. But when this deadline's out of the way, we'll have a weekend break. Or I promise you we'll go to the cinema and watch that action movie you really want to watch. Or, you know, we'll do whatever it is that they want. So you're being really open and honest and clear about when you're available. The next one is setting boundaries. And it's not about boundaries with your relationship, it's boundaries with your clients. My clients know because my partner works away, they know I switch off on a Friday night when he gets home and I don't come back online. I'm not available to them until Monday morning. They can message me over the weekend, that's absolutely fine but I never promise a reply. You know, if I I have downtime and let's face it, we're not generally with our partners 24 seven glued to the hip. So if I have a bit of downtime and it's something I know I can respond to really quickly, 
I will do. But I never make that promise from the off. I always say to them, this is, this is when I work. This is when you'll get me. I've got a 17 year old son as well. So you know, I have to do the school run. I spend time with him in the evenings, particularly now because I'm very conscious. He's going off to university next year. So I want to make sure I'm getting as much time with him as oh, I can. I'm in a very, very, very similar boat. Like my son's nearly 16 and I, like, I'm already thinking, okay, I've got to make the most of these next few years because I know that before we know it, it's going to be gone. Exactly. And as well, you know, as they're getting older, they don't want to spend as much time with us. And when he says to me, Mum, can we watch a film? Mum, can we go here? I don't want to be saying to him, no, sweetheart, I'm too busy. Because I know in a year's time, I'm going to have regretted not being around for him. And for me as well, I had 10 years where I was fighting for my son to be able to live with me. So the last sort of five, six years where he has lived with me, that's when I've been allowed to be mum. And there's no way after the, the energy, the pain I went through, not to mention the expense I went through with all the legal fees I had to pay. There's no way yeah, I'm now. that you're going to be making that. Absolutely. That so, you know, again, it's about having those clear boundaries with my clients. But equally, you know, I, have a, I have a membership I run and they know that that's on a Wednesday evening. So, right, I've got my group on a Wednesday evening. You make sure, you know, to my son, I'm not available between seven and eight on a Wednesday evening. That's when my group is running. So I will pick you up from school as usual. I'll give you your dinner. Then I'm not available for an hour. But once I've done that, about half past eight, we can sit down. You know, we can watch something. Invariably, he's saying, no, it's okay, mum. I'm going to stream on YouTube or whatever it is he's doing. You know, whatever teenage boys do in their bedroom with the doors closed. We don't, we won't go there. But, you know, he's streaming on YouTube usually. So... You know, I want to make sure I am available when he wants me there. Now, if he says, oh, mum, I promised I'm going to play it, play online games with some friends tonight. I say, oh, that's all right. What time are you doing that? How long until? So I think, OK, I've got that time now. I can either do something for the business. You know, I, can, I'm, I was going to say I could go and bake a cake. I don't bake, so I don't even know why I said that. But you know, I can go and do something else, whatever I choose to. Or whatever it is. Exactly. You know, if you want to, if you, I like to run as well. Now, my preference is to run early in the morning, first thing in the morning. But, you know, I could go out for a run if I wanted, all those sorts of things. So it's about setting those boundaries. And people sometimes say to me, well, surely you're letting your son dictate your life. It's not at all. He knows when, when my key times are that I'm not available. The rest of the time he knows is available for him unless he is busy, because I'm not going to stop him having time with his friends. And I've got plenty of things that I can just pick up and get on with in those times. But it's important that I have that flexibility as well. So boundaries are absolutely a key thing. And then you have the time and you can say to your partner, and my partner knows he comes home for the weekend. I have that time. But equally, he might have things he needs to do at a weekend. But we have a conversation Whenever he's home on a Sunday afternoon, we'll sit down for half an hour to an hour with a cuppa, right? What's going on? What are, what are the plans in the diary? What key things have we got? And you know, we might have events that we plan to go to, or he might say, oh, I'm going to this event with one of my friends. And I'll say, oh, I've got a girl's night out. And you get all of that in the diary. So you both know what's coming up. There are no surprises. So it goes back to that being truly open and honest with each other about what's coming on, but also having boundaries in place. 
I suppose a way that you could do that is you could sync a calendar. But I suppose that'd be oh YouTube. totally. You know, we choose to do it. We've got a calendar, a very visual calendar on the kitchen wall, so we know what the three of us are doing in this house. Yeah. But you know, sync your calendars if that's what you prefer. Do it that way. And the other thing that's really good as well: have a date night. When my partner was was at home, we would have a date night, and that was in the diary. We select, we pick each week. We'd say, right, what's when's our date night? That would go in the diary, and that is as highly important as a client meeting. And you don't move that because the subliminal message to your partner is she views me as important and she's not moving anything. I was just thinking, um, because if this balance is off, I suppose we run the risk of our partner maybe becoming even like jealous of our business or jealous of of what are we doing without them. So I suppose we have to give our partners rightfully as much attention as we do our business and one thing that I've really learned to do which I've not always done because I just thought oh you'll be okay but is just turn my notifications on from my mobile phone because I work on social media it's always my I suppose if I look at my phone now I must have 15 20 notifications it's constant so my brain got in a habit of picking it up looking replying picking it up looking replying and we would be watching a film so I like to train myself to go no this is special time like that can wait nothing in your business is that urgent that it needs replying to right now and I think it's it can be really hard to set those boundaries for yourself can't it that you really oh totally it's you know it is discipline you have to you have to practice that just like you have to practice any anything new any change you want to make in your life it requires discipline and practice and you know you're talking about social media that's a really key one and I use this example which is one of my own examples, but also lots of my clients say things. I'm a relationships coach, but you will rarely find social media posts about my partner. And I've had people call me up before now and say, well, you're a relationships coach, but where are the photos are you with your partner? I said, well, my partner doesn't like social media. And actually, he's not, he's nothing to do with my business. You know, if I was a dentist, you wouldn't come and see me and say, well, where's your partner? Why aren't they in work with you? Like, just as I wouldn't go to work with my partner, he's not part of my business. Yeah, I suppose but, you could say to your dentist, show me your teeth, or like, like, why do you have to justify your own relationship? Exactly, exactly. And equally, you know, it's respecting my partner's boundaries. He hates social media. He's a very private person. So obviously, occasionally there's a photo of the two of us, usually if we've had a nice day out or if we've, you know, gone away. And I'll say to him, I'd really like to put this on social media. Are you happy with that? yeah that's fine that's not about asking permission that's about respecting him you know as a person and also making sure that he's supportive of me because if I started putting photos of him on social media and he wasn't aware of it and then found out about it he said, why have you put that post picture of me up you know I don't like it that creates an argument mm. so it's about just changing changing little ways of doing things whilst being respectful of your partner. And equally by doing that, by making sure you have you know, set time and whether you call it date night or whether you call it anything else. I know lots of people don't like the term date night. But setting that time aside, respecting their, their wishes when it comes to sharing pictures of them on social media and those sorts of things. The subliminal messaging is she cares and actually she's looking after me. 
that's what's going in subconsciously. What that then does, that makes them start to pay more attention to you and start to recognize that I'm getting this time with you rather than them saying, well, it's a classic refrain is you never bother to arrange. As women, we are great at blaming our men for not doing something. Oh, yes. But we need to take a step back because when was the last time we looked after our man? You know, when was the last time we booked the restaurant to go out for dinner? When was the last time we said, let's go and watch that theatre show and arranged it? And when we start showing them that we're making time for them, they then start to reciprocate. And they start thinking, oh, well, I'm going to look after her. And instead of slobbing, you know, slobbing on the sofa, watching whatever it is they're watching on TV, they then start thinking, well, I'm going to, I'm going to think about something else. They might say, what time are you likely to finish tonight? No, this is outside of having your set date night. What time are you likely to finish tonight? And if you say, oh, well, I'll be done at eight. Well, should we pop out for a drink? Rather than, well, there's no point bothering because you're never available. And it's really slight, minute changes in the way we as women behave to our partners. It actually teaches them how to behave towards us. And every single one of my clients, when I've helped them to make some minute changes, and obviously I've given a couple of examples there, everybody will have their own different examples. When I've helped my clients to make those minute changes, you will see after about three to four weeks, your partner suddenly starts to respond differently. And it's, and it's about training them how to behave. I've kind of done this because I, I have been known, and I'm fine admitting this, to be one of those that sits there and says, mm, Chris never does this for me. Chris never does that. My husband never books us a meal. Or da -da 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 -da. But I was like, okay, I'm going to take it up on myself to start kind of, just like little nudges or, oh, shall we do this? Shall we do that? And an example of this is um, this weekend, I've got a child, I've got a children free night, which never happens. And previous to me changing my ways, I would sit there and go, <clears throat> I know Chris is not going to do this and, and like push the blame onto him. But instead I said to him last night, I was like, oh, we, um, we've got no kids on Saturday night now where my daughter's going for a sleepover. So shall we go out for a meal? And he looked at me and went, hmm, actually, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And now we're not only going out for a meal, we've invited his brother and, and his wife. And it's like a nice occasion. But yeah. instead of previous, that will never happen because I would be expecting and waiting for him. It's like almost to make the first move when actually he's never been, he's never done that. So why, <laughs> why would he start doing that? So I, took it, I take it upon myself now just to do little nudges and little nice things to him for him and he does it's starting to be reciprocated a little bit more yeah and there is actually a theory in psychology called the nudge theory and it's used a lot in supermarkets it's about nudging you to buy the things you don't really want you know but we we can take that and use it in our relationships and we can do things it sounds really manipulative the way i say it but you know it's <laughs> not but we can we can change what we do to get the behavior and the results that we want. And you can do it in a really gentle way. You can do it in a way that isn't manipulative and actually everybody is happier. And it's these small changes that make such a massive difference. You know, I always say in relationships in business, we're told don't sweat the small stuff. In relationships, I say absolutely sweat the small stuff 
And one of the biggest things you can do as well as those little changes and taking, you know, taking the initiative is to say thank you to your partner. Thank them when they when you're working really hard at your desk and they bring you a cup of tea or coffee when you haven't even asked for it. You say thank you. Or your classic one, housework. Now, this day and age, women still do the majority of the housework. But if your partner does some of the housework, washes the dishes, vacuums the floor, sorts the laundry out, whatever it might be, thank them for it. Now that, yes, I can hear lots of people say, I'm not thanking him for doing the housework. He should be helping me anyway. But again, you thank them. Thank you for doing the dishes. That's really saved me. I'm really grateful. Or just say thank you. Initially, they say, what are you thanking me for? And you say, no reason, just thank you. You keep doing that over a period of time, they will continue to do more and more because as human beings, we like to feel we are helping others. Yeah. It's just part and parcel of who we are. In helping others, we feel good. It gets those really good, feel good endorphins floating around our system, makes us feel good. And then when somebody says, thank you, what they're doing is affirming that we have made them feel good. And that's given us another rush of endorphins that makes us feel even better. So we want to keep feeling that way. So our partners will then go on and find, right, what else can I do? Because I really like this feeling. Yeah, it, it's, it's nature's narcotics. Mm -hmm. yeah, I really like this feeling. I want another hit of that. What can I do to get another hit of that? So they go and do something else for us. We say thank you. We feel good because we know, therefore, they are now thinking about us. They feel fantastic because you've thanked them and you've set all of these endorphins floating around the system. And it really changes the energy of a relationship. It sounds so simple. And so many people said, they look at me as if I've gone mad when I say thank you. you know, say to them, say thank you to your partner. And then they try it. And they normally notice within a week, things are changing. Again, it's like any, any habit, you need about a month yeah. for it to really, to really set in, you need to continue it for three months or more, and then it becomes habit. So you change your thinking, you change your behavior, you, ch you change a habit, it becomes a habit and it becomes natural. So those are really tiny things you can do almost without thinking about them you'll have to think about them at first if, if you don't do them anyway but they totally change the whole energy of a relationship and it's incredible to see they're really tiny things so absolutely sweat the small stuff i suppose once your relationship is thriving then i know that's going to filter through to just everything everything oh, it does business, like you it's just going to feel everything's just going to feel a lot less kind of stressy um my husband um will not will tell me when I, i've emptied the bin <laughs> i've just done this and i'm like oh thank you very much for doing that you really helped me out there so i'm just sometimes like um thank you child <laughs> it is and i i i often say treat them like toddlers we've got to keep reiterating behavior you know you're conditioning them with toddlers you're conditioning them you know, what is good behavior what isn't good behavior so you know we're doing the same 
to our partners. In fact, we're doing the same to anybody because it we... kind of goes to anybody, doesn't it? Yeah, we teach other people how to, you know, how to treat us. If we don't treat ourselves well, they're not going to treat us well because, again, there's so much that goes on at a really deep subconscious level that if we don't treat ourselves well, if they hear us talking down to ourselves, calling ourselves fat, oh my goodness, my my bum looks big in this. They're going to start those terms of endearment. So many men do. I love your big bum. Now that's fine if that you're if you're comfortable with that, but so many women aren't. So, you know, don't say that about yourself. No. Start focusing on the things you love about yourself. And there are so, so many ways, you know, we haven't got time to go into all the different ways that we can, we can improve our relationship just by tiny, tiny steps, tiny changes. It doesn't take a lot, but, you know, give, give your partner the time. Let them know you're making time in your, in your day or your evening for them. And that is set in stone say thank you to them because it makes them feel good and will make you feel good as well and just those little changes and don't forget the date night the date night is so important so mm-hmm. would you say date night once a week once a fortnight like does it have to be whatever works for you as a couple you know so, some couples they want it every week other couples once a fortnight and you know we've got to consider some people work shifts so it's not possible for you to have a date night every week make sure that time is set aside in the diary and it is set in stone. It doesn't matter how often. I mean, if you, if you end up and it's once every sort of six months, then you've got a bit of work to do, let's face it. But if you can, if one month you do, you're having a date night or a date day every week, but then the next month, because of work patterns, it only happens once or twice that month. Don't beat yourself up, but just make sure it's in the diary because the reassurance it gives. Think about if you're really desperate for a doctor's appointment or a dentist's appointment, you've got an issue and you're trying to get an appointment or even get a hairdresser's appointment. Oh my goodness, I can't get into the hairdresser for six weeks. And we've all done it. We've all sort of, you know, I color my hair. We've gone to boots, picked up that color, done it ourselves. And I think, why have I done that? It's an absolute mess. Oh, my hair's a mess. Oh, I'll just go somewhere else and get it cut. And we're never happy with it but we're desperately trying to get an appointment. So we book our appointments in advance so we can be sure it's in there and we feel relaxed knowing that that appointment is coming up. Mm. It's exactly the same thing. If you're treating your hairdresser with more importance than you're treating your partner, perhaps a little bit of a problem and an imbalance there. At least put them on an equal footing at the very least. And I think, you know, no no one's perfect. No one gets this right. It's like running a business. Running a relationship is very similar to running a business. Actually, you've got there's a lots of different like external yeah. um, things that you've got to consider. But one thing that I have learned, and I would like to say to everyone listening, is take the pressure off yourself. Stop comparing yourself to that social media couple that seems to have everything that like their their shit together all of the time. Because honestly, that is not truth at all is it like that's not not at all and I I can tell you from experience those people you see who have the perfect relationship on social media Mm -hmm. likelihood is they're the ones with most problems and I mean I've seen that from experience there's a reason why my program is called behind the mask and my group membership is called unmasked because on social media we put a mask on 
we show people the edited highlights. Yeah. You know, and the people, it's really funny. I've seen people absolutely gushing over their partner. This is a, you know, we're so in love and they're, they're oh, hi, darling. Thank you, sweetheart. And it's all over social media. And you think, oh, for goodness sake, please get a room. And it's not through jealousy. It's from my point of view, maybe, you know, maybe I'm getting cynical. I don't know. You don't, I love love. Okay. I love love. I love relationships. A relationship that works is just magical. It truly is magical. Very often you see people trying too hard and that's what's coming out on social media. And I very often identify things with people just who I know in, sort of within my networks. And I think mm, there's something going on here. And it's only a matter of time before the person confides in me. In fact, even yesterday, I happened to bump into somebody who I've only known on social media. We've spoken on social media, got on. But a number of times I thought there's, there's something not right here. There's something, the posts look amazing, but there's something, I'm very good at reading between the lines. Yeah. And I happened to be sat next to this person over lunch. And she leaned into me and she just basically said, I'm so glad I'm sat next to you. I said, why is that? She said, because I've got, this is going on, that's going on. And I said, aha. Uh -huh. I said, that's I it. thought as much. I said, you might not have realized it, but it's as clear as anything in all of your posts. And she said, really? I said, oh, yes. Yeah. yourself. But obviously, I'm not going to go into detail on that. That's yeah. kind of confidentiality. But, but it's really interesting. It's not the first time that's happened. It certainly won't be the last. And I've had it time and time again. So those couples who are completely loved up on social media, yes, some of them are doing it because that's their brand. Some of them, they are genuinely in love. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not saying disbelieve everything you see. Perfect. Yeah, you know, but just, just be aware that a lot of it is staged. You know, the influencers, particularly the influential couples, that's their brand. They have to do it. They have, you know, they've got a brand to build, a business to keep going. Yeah, for me personally, I know when I am at my most comfortable and happy in my relationship is when I actually don't put anything on social media because I'm too busy living in the moment to actually. I, I do find that we love social media. Like, it is what we do. It's our thing. But for me, I get fed up of, it's like justify. It's like, who am I showing this to and why? Like what, why am I putting this out there to, to who, to show people what? So I, I do take like photos of lots, so I've got memories, but I don't, I don't ever put them anywhere. Exactly. And, you know, I'm the same. And so many of my social media posts now are of me, my partner and I, he's one of the things he does, he's an international mountain leader. So a lot of our downtime, we go out walking and hiking, you know, long. Yeah. And so my social media posts, the posts of the two of us, I'm in my very glamorous outdoor walking gear, my hair scraped back, no makeup, <laughs> usually being rained on. They're not at all glamorous, but I'm so happy. And for a long time, I didn't share them. And then I thought, hang on a minute, this is crazy. People are getting the, the professional image of me. And yeah, you know, we've jumped on this today and I put some red lipstick on. Okay, I wasn't feeling well. And I said to you, I wasn't feeling very well. Put some red lipstick on to just brighten me up and make me feel a bit better. But, you know, I don't look like this every single day. I don't dress. I'm not properly groomed every day. You know, and none of us are. And for a lot of us, our partners love us when we're sat 
in our comfies, not a scrap of makeup on, hair tied back, because that's when they see the real us. That's when we are at our most vulnerable. We're at our softest. That's when we are the person they fell in love with. Because, oh, you know, I'm- I just wanted to touch upon as well, is that for us, um, we coach businesses, you know, and might be going through struggles in their business. And I suppose this isn't maybe the same for relationships, but when we find clients that are struggling in their business, we get them to go back, go back to when you felt in love with your business. Like, mm-hmm. What made you start? So am I right in thinking that, you know, when we're probably not feeling great about our relationship, is it nice to go back, you know, to get them feels again? Like, why did you fall in love with this person? What, what makes you love them so much? Really? And it's one of the reasons we do so much walking. One of our very first dates, and we first met 25 years ago, although we've now, we've only been together 10 years. There's a long story there I won't go into now, but we met 25 years ago. And one of our first dates, he took me on a really long walk. And when he said, we're going for a walk, I thought, oh, okay. You know, I was, I was used to going out for a meal and a drink at that point, if people would take me for a date. And we had an amazing day out and we talked all the time. And we know now if we're getting a bit narky with each other because, you know, yes, I'm a relationships coach, but, you know, my, my relationship isn't perfect. A lot of the time it's perfect for us, but a lot, of the, a lot of the time, no, not a lot of the time, but some of the time, yes, you know, we get niggles. I hate that he works away from home. I get really, really shirty with him. I, oh, for goodness sake, you know, can't you, can't you come home? And, you know, we then look at ways we can make things work. But if we find that we're in a period where we are bickering, where we are just getting narky with each other. I get that lot of my husband too. Yeah, you know, we it's it's normal, absolutely normal. And then I'll take a stand, step back and think, when was the last time we actually went for a walk? And you can pretty much guarantee it's because we haven't been for a walk for a period of time and we just need to go out and we get something in the diary. We arrange to go for a nice long walk. And we have that day out and we will both come back at the end of the day and say, that's absolutely what we needed. Why didn't we do that sooner? You know, because we forget as well. Life gets in the way. We're all busy people. And it's true. You know, go back to what it is that made you fall in love with your partner, fall in love with your business. It's an exercise I do with all my clients. What what made you fall in love with them? I love this subject. And I could we I could sit here all day with you <laughs> asking questions. But so if people want to find out more about you where can they go what can they do with you you mentioned your um is it a membership or a group that you've got membership, yeah i think the best thing to do you'll find everything about me on my website which is deb-morgan.com and and if um, you look at the free resources, there's a number of free ebooks and things there. There's a 30 day email course you might be interested in called Bringing Back Bliss. It's a free email course, free at the moment. Um, I will be charging for that at some point because it gets such good results for people. Um, but it's a 30 day email course. You can sign up for that. Or there's another tab on there, Work With Me. And you can obviously work with me a number of different ways you can work with me whether you want one-to-one coaching through my behind the mask program or whether you want to come into the unmasked membership which is just 40 pounds a month and we actually work through the behind the mask program but work through it with much less intensity um, over the course of a year and it's a really good program for you to just keep going back into and dipping into and it's something that I work through it's what I work through Um, you know it was developed because I tried and tested all of those methods within it 
So that's where you'll find me, deb-morgan.com. And if you want some relationship stories, there's my podcast, The Real Relationships Show. Oh, I'll pop all that in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, it's been Thank awesome. you for having me. Thank you to you guys for listening. As always, if you love what we do, don't forget to hit subscribe and also leave us a lovely review. Until the next time, everyone, I'll speak to you soon. Bye.